Revolutionary Talk for Revolutionary Times. Liberty Talk FM. It's a marvelous night for a moon dance With the stars up above in your eyes A fantabulous night to make romance Neat the cover of October skies You know the leaves on the trees are falling To the sound of the breezes that blow You know I'm trying to please to the calling Of your heart strength that plays soft and low You know the night What's up? What's up, everybody? Welcome aboard to the Bubba Show. Todd Bubba Horowitz, and I had to scaffold the woods, find and look, and on the back of the milk cart, and I found him. It's Mike Brown from Brown Capital. It's been over a year, young man. What's happening? Hey, Bubba, how are you? I'm doing great. I didn't realize man. it's been that long. Time flies when you're having fun. I guess. I'm, I'm telling you, you know, listen, you're, you were coaching, you were busy, you're running around, you got a lot to take care of. And of course, the markets have been, been bananas as well. And uh, I guess what's been happening? What do you, what do you, what are you seeing here? And what's, uh, what's been your overall views of what's happening? It's been a, uh, it's been an exciting time. Uh, like or like or hate the current administration, they, you know, they're doing exactly what they said they were going to do. They're going to come in and, and roll back the regu- uh, excuse me, regulations, and they've done that um, probably to a far greater extent than any of us even hoped for. And it's been a pro-business environment. Um, you know, the rhetoric and a lot of that that's coming out of Washington, obviously, I wish was more civilized, but, you know, that goes for both sides. I mean, the... Uh, the stuff that's coming out from the, you know, the Democrats right now is not civilized. You know, it's, it's maybe even worse than what some of Trump's saying. So um, I like it. I think it's a very pro-business. I think, you know, um, very respected Ray Dalio said uh, this past week that he thinks we're in the seventh inning. Um, you know, I think it might be more like the fourth or fifth, but, uh, you know, I'm not one to quibble with him. You know, there's still that's still a third of the ball game. So, um I think it's a good time to be an investor. Yeah, no, I mean, listen, one thing you and I both know, uh, history tells us that the markets do go up on average 8% year over year, right? Yes. Yep. So it's always good to be somewhat invested no matter what. I mean, I'm not a big fan of the of the trying to, uh, you know, figure out which is the hot sector. I think that, you know, you you, 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 you look for solid companies and you stay invested and you collect your dividends. And, you know, I mean, we hedge on our side. I know you guys don't do that, but we hedge and we're not concerned about it. But certainly if you're just going to be an investor, it's, it's just a good thing to try to hang in there as long as you can and actually continue to add when things go a little bit diverse, don't you think? Absolutely. I mean, one of the things that we do that we consider hedging is rebalancing every year. And when you're doing that, you know, you're, you're selling off part of your gainers and, and, and adding to your losers for that year. And, I, you know, that's a good long-term strategy. Um, but just being in the market, you know, time in the market, as, as we've said and heard and everything years over the years. And we've certainly seen that from, you know, the Russian meltdown in the late 90s, you know, um, Obviously, the internet bubble, and then of course the great great recession of you know oh eight oh nine. So 
Hard to believe we're 10 years past that, isn't it? It's uh, hard to believe that uh, the anniversary of, uh, of Lehman Brothers being closed down. And, uh, of course, that was always that's an interesting story in its own that uh, how they chose Lehman Brothers. But I think, Mike, I, I look at things going on. And again, I, I firmly say all the time, I may not be a huge fan of the market today, but I am a huge fan over history. And certainly I would never tell anybody to sell everything. Uh, but I think that, you know, do you see any reason to believe that there's some troubles brewing with some of the issues and some of the things that are, the banks are doing again? Yeah, I mean, there's always a shadow banking market, right? I mean, uh, it's, they're gonna, you can't make regulations fast enough to, I mean, some, somebody's going to find the loopholes. There's always some. Um, so there, we know there's going to be another crash. You know, I mean, I'm not trying to be Pollyanna about it. It's just that's how the markets work. That's when they're working right. That's how they should work. You know, there's going to be excesses, and then those excesses have to be gleaned off. And unfortunately, that's very, very painful for if you're on the wrong end of it. But, yeah, and you know, we're 10 years removed from it. You know, you're going to start to see um, excesses pop up probably in some places we already are. Um, but it's, uh, you know, you got, again, you go back to know what you own, right? Know what you own, know why you own it. And, um, you know, for most people, they should, should be staying out of some of that stuff. I mean, I think the banks, the large banks here right now, um, may be undervalued at this point. So that's just my, my own personal take on it. That's, you know, well, why, what makes you say that? I, I mean, I, I don't disagree. Just with looking you. at their, at their enterprise value, you know, right now you're looking at, you know, Goldman Sachs, you know, and I don't have it in front of me, but you know, it, it doesn't it, matter. I don't, I don't want you to, I don't want right you to talk. I don't want you talking numbers anyways, cause you're not supposed to. So, but, <laughs> uh, but I do no, no numbers, no individuals. Right. So, but, yeah. but I, 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 again, now do you think because interest rates are going to rise? I mean, cause we know interest rates are going up. There's no way that the Fed can stop the rates from rising. No. And I, and I think that, um, you know, that canary in the coal mine that we've been looking for, for, at least probably seven or eight years is inflation, right? Um, it started to show up a little bit. Um, so, you know, they are going to have to raise rates. Um, they need to raise rates. It's better for um, the retired people if they raise rates. It's better for the pension funds to a certain, but they have to be very careful because it's better for the pension funds, but they can't throw us into recession. Which, when you get raising the rates wrong and you raise them too fast, that's what happens. That's what transpires. Well, but we. And, um, and it's a very, very tricky thing to do, right? I mean, it's, you know, which is why it happens over and over and over again. And we end up in a recession a lot of times driven by monetary policy. Well, it's, it's, it's not tricky. I mean, the Fed is just ignorant. I mean, they're, you know, they, they continue to believe. <laughs> well, I'm sorry. When I, when I said tricky, I meant getting it right. They're never. You know, they've never. At the they've, right pace. they've never gotten it right in history. Why would we expect this time to be different? <laughs> yeah. Well. Well, that's why, I, that's why we, we, preface, we preface that with we will. We will have another crash, right? I mean, that's that's what we're saying. Is it's, it's very very tricky to get it right at all, and um, even you know even to do it for a short period of time. So we know you know. We're going to have corrections. We're going to have crashes. That's, that's part of it. That's part of capitalism. When capitalism is allowed to work the way it's supposed to work and the free markets are allowed to work the way they're supposed to work. So, 
Yeah, I agree with that. And of course, you know, as I've said, and I will continue to say that the Fed never gets it right. They haven't gotten it right in 100 and, uh, 105 years. And, and basically what they've, they've managed to do for 105 years is to value the dollar uh, to really take away. And of course, their gauge on inflation, we may not have inflation the way that we understand it, but certainly I'm paying more for, for gas. I'm paying more for food. I'm paying more for everything else. So to me, my expenses keep going up. So you may not call that inflation. I think what you and I are both talking about is possibly wage inflation, which will eventually have to yeah, come in because yeah. now there is a million, there's millions of jobs available now. They might be great jobs, but there's a lot of jobs available, right? There are. And I think we have seen coming out of this, just like you saw coming out of the depression, where there, you know, you're seeing a wide out of a, you know crashes before that, where you're seeing a widening of the wealth gap too, and I think that's you know one of the reasons is we're you know almost two years away from Trump here, and you're seeing it pop up in other countries, is we have not had wage inflation, so what well, what they've done is reflate the asset bubble, which has benefited the wealthy. Um, there's you know the 65% of the people had some investment in the stock market prior to 2008. And I think come, you know, today it's like, pardon me, today it's under 55%. So, you know, that gap has only grown as, because of that, you know, the poor people, the middle class got shook out. So what you're seeing is you're seeing populism and it's, it's gaining traction around the globe. Uh, you're seeing it in Brazil right now, you're seeing it in Turkey with Erdogan. Um, yeah. Hold that hold Trump. that thought. We'll come back to it after the break. This is the Bubba Show. Todd Bubba Horowitz with Mike Brown from Brown Capital. We're going to stop by every break. We'll be right back with more of Mike's thoughts after the break. The Bubba Show, Todd Bubba Horowitz. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Bubba Show, Todd Bubba Horowitz with my friend, Mike Brown, Coach Mike Brown in uh, Brown Capital. So, Mike, you were talking about uh, the what's going on around the globe, and I, I want you to go ahead and continue. You left off with Turkey and Erdogan. And, you know, we saw um, that's what swept Trump in was a, a wave of populism. You know, he he wasn't painting big ideas. Um, he wasn't. You know, he's obviously not really eloquent. What he was talking to is people's, and to a great extent, their fears. You know, and. You know, your tomorrow may not be better than your yesterday unless we make some changes. And you're, you're seeing that around the globe like you saw in the 30s when the world was coming out of the, of the Great Depression. Um, and part of what drives that is the wealth, the, the chasm between the uber wealthy and the rest of, you know, even the middle class. And that's a, to me, I, yeah, that's, a, that's a concerning um, development. That is a... Um, a, you know, it leads to economic warfare between countries, which eventually will lead, which we're starting to see the beginnings of, uh, which will eventually lead, if it's not um, structured correctly, if it's not handled deftly, um, leads to political war more times than not. And, you know, nobody wants a hot war. So, you know, it's, it's going to be an interesting next, you know, two, four, six, eight years. Well, well, you've got an you've got an ascending power in China, um, and what is it? Uh, if I remember my the, the history, I believe it's what they call the Thucydides trap, where you have an ascending 
power uh, and a power that is descending from its peak, um, which would be a good parallel between the United States and China right now. Um, you know, at some point in time, if you, if you believe in that theory, they're going to lock horns. So, well, do you think that? Uh, I guess the question is: is uh, do you think that that we've? Do you think that the United States has peaked, and you think China is still ascending? Do you think that China is is falling a little bit here, and actually we're actually either holding steady or gaining strength? What do you think? You know, that's a great question. Um, as a child of the eighties, uh, who, who came of age when Japan was going to take over the world, right? Um, and they did everything better, faster than, than us. Um, that was the great fear, right? Um, and that did not come to pass. You know, Japan had its own issues, um, resources, population, etc. I think you're going to find that the spirit of America and the resilience of us and the, the way we innovate into the fourth and fifth generation of the, of the Internet and the... Um, the um, driverless cars and the connectivity that I think will end up leaving China behind. Um, now we have to be we have to be diligent, you know, on our outposts where we make sure they're not stealing the things that we're working so hard to develop, which they're very very good at. Um, they're the best. But I oh yeah. So I think um, we actually will ascend. I do not believe that. Um, I don't. I don't believe in that theory because I think it's such a um, creative, creatively destructive environment. Like no time in history. Maybe you got to go back to the Bronze Age, um, where the world is changing so rapidly. Um, I mean, you look at how, how much differently do we do business? I mean, you watch those videos of Lehman crash and you see the desk. How much different do does the business environment, just the desk you work at, look from from when they did just ten years ago? Um, so I think we will we will out innovate. I think we will continue to lead the world, and that's why I think you know the policies that Trump is enacting. Whether you like the man, we you know, we like anything about him. The deregulation and taking the handcuffs off American entrepreneurs and innovators, I think, will lead our ascension into the into the next several decades. I don't disagree. Look, so to answer your question, no, I don't think they're going to overcome us. And, and again, back to your comment about Trump. You've commented a couple of times, and as you know, I was a Trump fan. I, I predicted Trump in 2015. So again. Uh, you did. I did not. I, I got to say, I was one of the ones like, yeah, you're kidding. There's I mean, no way. And, and, and like him or not. Like, so, so all kudos to you. Well, I mean, again, like him or not, okay, the America needs to be run like a business, which is what he's trying to do. But but to the, the issues at hand, I mean, nobody should want your president to fail, no matter who it is. You should want the country no. to get better. So what's really happening is, in this case, it's the left that is trying to suppress the right and keep things under wraps. I mean, listen, the right was no different when Obama was in office. I didn't like Obama, but I didn't hope he'd fail. I hoped that Obama would be a great president. He was not, in my opinion. But at the end of the day, it is the office of the president. I think Tiger Woods said it bad. He is the president. I, I respect the president, the office of the president. I think that's the way we should live. And enough of this BS that's going on. What do you think? Oh, absolutely. I mean, some of the things that you're seeing out there, um, when they, and I'm not a conspiracy theorist, but when they talk deep state, when they talk about the swamp and all of those things, 
And that, I mean, you're really, you, if, if he, even myself, who, who tends to be maybe obtuse to some of that, um, when you're seeing, you know, John Kerry's off doing this or, you know, this, you know, Feinstein's got some letter that's been redacted that she's turned over to the FBI from a high school party. Um, I mean, this is all very slippery slope kind of stuff that they're doing. And yeah, I mean, to circumvent the presidency and, and, you know, but then, but then on the flip side of that, if somebody spoke with the Russians who, you know, by the way, Kerry's talking to Iran, who's on the terrorist list. And then we're back and forth. And I, I, I'm not talking about any tax ramifications or any stuff some of these guys were doing with money or anything else. But, you know, somebody spoke to the Russians before they were supposed to. And the Russians at least have an embassy in our country. Yeah. Um, and I'm no fan of them either. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I mean, it's a very slippery slope when you, you, you've got such hypocritical views based solely on whether I'm a Republican or I'm a Democrat. You know, I mean, at the end of the day, you're an American. So at some point in time, we've got to put down this um, political divide and pull in the same direction. I mean, you've got to find some pain. And that's one of the things where I think Trump has failed is he has not reached across the aisle. Now, he may have got a slap the back at him, um, but I don't think Obama reached across the aisle a lot. So um, this playing to your base constantly, you know, hopefully at some point we'll get a candidate that will um, – unite everybody. Unfortunately, what it'll probably be is we'll get some type of attack or catastrophe at Pearl Harbor and 9-11 that will unite us again. Um, but that seems to be what it takes with us a lot of the time, especially in this day and age. So. Yeah, I don't, but I, don't, I just don't, again, I'm, I'm, I'm a, an American as you are first. And, and the problem we have with these with even with these hearings in the Supreme Court, you know, and, and the way it started was so childish. I mean, these are the people that are supposed to be representing the United States of America, not the the Democratic Party or the Republican Party, but the United States of America. And it's to me, it's it's sickening, but it actually ties into which we'll get into in the next segment, but I want you to comment on this, but it ties into even the conspiracy theories of what the Federal Reserve is all about. But uh, isn't it time that they just decide to say, hey, this is America. That's what it is. We're not, we're, we should not be on either side. Yes, you can have your beliefs. And that's, and that's why I think that, you know, for example, I always tell everybody on, on the show, I'm a libertarian more than anything else because I have my, my, my fiscal beliefs and I have my uh, social beliefs, and, I, and they're not necessarily the same with everybody else. What do you think? I agree completely. I, I would count myself in that, that same category. You know, I, I consider myself very conservative um, fiscally, uh, foreign policy-wise, and uh, America first and all of that. And then, you know, on, on the environment and things like that, I, I wish that we would lead more than we are. So, and then we would, you know, put the planet first in that regard. So, yeah, I, again, you know, we're complicated, we're complicated creatures, right? We don't, it's tough to, to put somebody in one box because he voted for this, but that's what people are doing now. And social media, you know, has, Giving everybody a megaphone that they can scream at the whole world with, <laughs> so, well, yeah, which is fine, but it's, it's brutal. Uh, and 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 I happen to believe that Trump is right, and if they can write algorithms to to pop up everything that I look at in the internet, that I can do just about anything. But we're, this is the Bubba Show, Todd Bubba Horowitz. We are with my man, my friend Mike Brown, Brown Capital, out of Peoria, Illinois. Make sure you check him out. And of course, uh, this is the Bubba Show. We're going to stop out here for a break, and we'll be back with more from 
Mike Brown, Coach Mike Brown, and and the, the likes. The Bubba Show, Todd Bob Horowitz. We will be right back after the break. What's up, everybody? Bubba here. It's finally here. The long-awaited Bubba Report, bringing you news from all the trading floors across the globe. We've got Scott Chalady, the cow guy, is seen on CNBC, Fox, and Bloomberg. We've got Keith Bliss, CNBC, Fox, and a floor trader at the New York Stock Exchange. We've got The Badger, who writes the hot topics in the political news. We've got myself putting together my own unique indexes that will help you give you a better idea of what's going on in the market. All you need to do to get a hold of the Bubba Report is go to thebubbashow.org and sign up for the newsletter, or you can email me direct at bubba at thebubbashow.org. We want you to have this report because we've got over 150 years of experience talking about markets, getting ready for the trading, and puts you in the best position to have successful. So email me at bubba at thebubbashow.org to get a copy of your report or go right to the website, thebubbashow.org. Make sure you get it. It's a must-have for every investor and trader. The Bubba Report. Welcome back to the Bubba Show. Todd Bubba Horowitz with my friend, the coach, Mike Brown from National Securities. So, Mike, um, you know, I have been trying to get to this question, but, uh, you know, you talked about the deep state a little bit earlier. And, you know, to me, if, you're, if you've ever read the creature, the creature from Jekyll Island, the Fed is almost like a big conspiracy theory to basically destroy the middle class and to basically have just a few have all the money. And I think we've seen a lot of that in, in Europe, which is where the central banking system came from in the 1600s. And, and to me, everything they do never benefits the little guy, never benefits the middle class. It really is only about benefiting the guys who got the dough. What do you think? Yeah, I, mean, I understand that theory. And, you certainly, you you could argue both sides. I mean, obviously, obviously, but one of the arguments would be that by pounding rates down into this last recession um, to inflate the asset bubble, who did you hurt? You hurt the you know, the baby boomers who are retiring, right? Um, you know, the postal worker who's got his money in CDs or whose pension plan is really struggling because he can't can't earn higher interest rates and it's got to keep certain amounts of money in there. So, yeah, I mean, to me, I think it, I don't think it's a conspiracy as much as it's human nature. I mean, the people who are in power tend to be the people with the money, right? Especially over the last 30 or 40 years in America where it costs, you know, tens, if not hundreds of millions of dollars to run for office and to stay in office. Well, those are the people that are pulling the strings. So, I don't know if there's like a vast conspiracy where they're meeting in a room um, in cloaks and, and discussing it. I, I just think human nature tends to perpetuate that very thing. It could be. But again, I, I just look at it from, from the simple fact is, for example, why should the biggest banks have been bailed out in, in, the, in the heat of the recession? When, I mean, my opinion was is that, yes, there should be a bailout, but not to the guys who blew all the dough and who made all the bad loans knowing that they'd be bailed out. Why not just to just make all the depositors whole and move on? I mean, why is it yeah, that? Make the, make the pensioners and the depositors whole and, and drive on and flush the bank, right? Flush right. all the equity. I mean, why? Look, at they that's did a, that. That's a very good point. They did it with Lehman Brothers. I mean, that, and that certainly could have been done because you... You know, people had, you know, statements for their CDs and they had, you know, in this day and age with technology, um, that could have been done. 
they chose not to. And it's funny how they chose because they chose, you know, GM goes out. Like I said, we let Lehman fail, right? right. GM goes under, but who do we, who do we make whole there? Now they, they did, they kept GM afloat and they, the pensioners came out of there just fine. You know, the people that took it, took it right. Like teeth there were the bondholders. Obviously the equity holders, but the bondholders, you know, really got shipped on that one. So, um, so the Obama administration was, I mean, I do think they played Chicago politics. We've talked about this over the years, you know, it was Chicago politics with our national stage, right? Okay. We're going to help, you know, the UAW, but we're, you know, bondholders, not as big a voting block. So sorry, can't help you. Right. You know, um, so yeah, that's. No, I get, I get it. There's, there's, it, it, it there, look at it. To me, it's a whole, the whole thing, the whole system is broken because the Fed does not, the Fed does not follow the mandate in which they were designed under. They've gone well and beyond what they're supposed to do. And of course, I said this, or, I've said this for years, but they're going to screw it up. There's no question about it because the truth of the matter is, Mike, they should have been raising rates all along. Back to, to, to 2013, May of 2013, when Ben Bernanke f- f- fell victim to the temper, they call it the taper tantrum, right? He should have been raising then. We should be at normalized rates now, not still down here, because the only people that these rates benefit are the upper 1%. They do not benefit the average schmuck on the street. What do you think? No, you're absolutely right. We <laughs> certainly don't. You know, and there's the, the sandwich gen- generation in there that, uh, right, that their CDs and their their now most of them one of the reasons I think the, the next crash will be far worse is um, people have been forced into if not into the markets into hybrid type products um, that they maybe don't really understand but they're chasing yield. Were you and, reading my blog? You know, just like the the credit default swaps and everything else blew up, um, you know these types of things will at some point too. Well, I mean, that's my point, right? I mean, look, let's face it. The average person that is getting either close to retirement or is in retirement, they what the, 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 the everybody's biggest fear when you retire is that you're going to run out of money before you die, right? Would you agree with that? Yep. So, oh, yeah, of course. So now you got because you're going to end up on the street, right? <laughs> Nobody wants to end up on the street, <laughs> and you, you've got these guys being forced into the equity market. And I, listen, I'm an equity market fan. Okay, so it's not that I'm I love the oh. equity market. There's no place like it for for your life for long term history if you know what you're doing. But they're yep. forcing people who never wanted to really invest that much in the market to really put all of their money in the market because what do you hear on TV? Every pundit, the market's never going down again. This time is different. Everything's great. The, <laughs> it, the, the stock market yields whatever it is, 3%, 5%, whatever it is, and, and bonds are only at 2%. How can you not want to get your money in the market? And, and the guy who saved his whole life, scrimped and saved to save, let's say, 500000 he figured he'd get, you know, Four or five percent a year in his money—that's twenty thousand. He'd get a social security, maybe a pet, whatever. He'd, he'd end up with making basically what he made his whole his whole life, so he could at least live somewhat normal to a life. And that is yeah. not the case anymore. Absolutely. And they've now forced all these people into it. I mean, you know as well as I do that once the selling begins, they'll be puking in the streets all over everywhere, won't they? <laughs> oh my gosh, yeah. I mean, I can't even imagine how fast it's going. To, well, I mean. Uh, you look at some of the charts and you know, I know you're a chart guy and, and, uh, and I follow a lot of charts and you look at the, the S the S and P on, I believe it was 
Friday, maybe Thursday or Friday, where we're up, you know, 70, 80, 100 points. And literally, a headline comes across of, of something about the trade wars. Didn't, yeah, it wasn't anything major. Um, and all of a sudden, I mean, it's a straight line now. Uh, literally, in seconds, you go from being up 100 to being down 50. And, and it could have been worse, you know, right? And we've seen it. It'll be from being up 100 to being down 600. You know, and, and the algo, the algo bots, as they're calling them now, um, that that's only going to grow. The AI, um, the algo bots. So the velocity when we do go down, when when everybody's rushing for the doors, the velocity of that is going to be like something we we've, we've never seen, and that includes guys like you and I been through several of these crashes. Well, I, actually, I don't think it's any faster. I, I, I debunked that method my, in my own mind because what I look at is I look at any major sell-off I've seen in my life, and they're always very fast because everybody can't wait to get out. Uh, I think the only yeah. difference today is is that we don't have as many margin calls late in the day because people that are trading on automated platforms – they can't get the same kind of margin we used to get. So that changes part of the equation. But at the end of the day, uh, people can't wait to sell. And I think that tells me that the markets are on edge. And it doesn't mean they're going down. I mean, I say this all the time. you got to watch and wait and be patient. They're going to go up until further notice. And they could go up for another, who knows how long they can go for. But at the end of it, what's going to happen is when it does end up, they're going to go down fast. And they've always gone down fast. I mean, I can remember in 1984, Mike, when the Dow was under 1,000. Okay, and I can remember when we were up one Friday, the Friday before the Super Bowl, and uh, I was supposed to go to the Super Bowl, and I said something doesn't look right. The market was up by twenty or thirty, whatever it was, something you know, something like that. That's what we were up then today. And bef- and and I went and called my buddies, and I said, "You guys better get short here." And we got short, and before you knew it, the market was down fifty. And this is nineteen eighty four, so markets yeah. always good accelerate to the downside because. You know, people can't wait to to, to puke them out because they just it, it's uh, just hum- that that now that's the human nature of it, isn't it? Oh yeah, no, the and yeah, we've all read the studies on this that you know the loss, a ten percent loss, feels five times worse to the average guy than a ten percent gain feels good. You know, so so yeah, and that's why that's why they're always accelerated to the downside. Um, yeah, it'll be. We saw some of that in January, February this year, right? Oh yeah, to the upside, and then when it when it turned and went to the downside, you know, those were those were steep days. Now we pulled out of it, but uh, at some you know at some point we won't. I mean, look at it. It's it's it's, it's part of markets. Market. I mean, tulip mania, the South Sea bubble, the cotton gin bubble. I now mean, we're gonna have pot mania, right? We're gonna have marijuana mania. I don't know what's gonna we're happen. Seeing some of that come in right now. Uh, you that know, reminds I, me of the internet stock. It does. I you know I haven't I haven't even looked at one of them. I haven't invested in one of them. I'm I'm I'm, I'm playing in the cryptocurrency world. Uh, you know? Are you really? So now I've stayed I've stayed out of that. Well, I have we have you know have done a little bit with the with some of the, the marijuana stocks, but nothing, just literally dipping our toe in and back out. Well, it's funny because a, a very respected, one of my good friends who I respect as a, as a major family office told me that they were using some of the cryptocurrencies for their clients. And I'm down money, okay? So just as I always tell her, I always give full disclosure, I'm down money on it, but, I, but the more I look at it, the more I'm a believer in the concept. And uh, I, I think that we will, 
find that this is going to be the way with blockchain and all these other things. But we'll talk about this stuff uh, and and this overwhelming confidence in the markets. When we come back to the break, we're with my man, Mike Brown from National Securities and uh, always a great friend of mine and a great friend of the program. So make sure you check out Mike Brown at National Securities. This is the Bubba Show, Todd Bubba Horowitz. We're going to stop out here for a break and we'll be back to talk Bitcoin and consumer confidence and all the other good stuff with Mike Brown after the break. The Bubba Show, Todd Bubba Horowitz. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Bubba Show, Todd Bubba Horowitz with the coach, Coach Mike Brown from National Securities. And uh, and Mike, so... You know, we've, we've got a lot going on here, and I want to ask you, we have these ridiculous consumer confidence numbers and small business numbers, and all these things are exploring the upside. Now, I know from experience and from history that the last time numbers were this good, the markets fell apart, okay, because we are very overconfident at these levels. And I'm not asking you to make a prediction on the market, but does does it not concern you when you see uh, you know, the uh, consumer confidence at 138%. I mean, Michigan sentiment at b- ridiculous numbers. I mean, to me, that's just saying that we're getting just closer to the end because, again, every time we get overconfident, every time these numbers get this high, that usually means that the, the, the end for now is not that far away. What do you think? Oh, yeah. I mean, what that end will look like, um, you know, what's far away is three years far away, is three months far away. But yeah, as we continue to go up, you know, at some point in time, we are, we'll get excesses, you know, we'll get, um, you know, pandemonium, whatever you want to call it. I mean, I think it's, it's good. And again, and we've said this many, many times, the, the next crash isn't going to look anything like the last one, right? They never do. Um, the causes of it. So it'll be interesting. I mean, the, I think there are some things that, that are, that are different right now than, than certainly were even five, eight, ten years ago with the sharing economy. And it's an interesting time. If you're, if you're a hardworking person, um, you can go out. I mean, you can drive Uber for part of the day after you get off work. You can, uh, you can do Lyft. You can, I mean, there's so many different ways that the economy is changing. Um, I think it's going to be a very difficult thing to measure in terms that you and I have been reared in, um, which I think is, is going to be very interesting going forward because, you know, how do you measure Lyft? How do you measure Uber? How do you, measure, you know, do they fit into the, the, the GDP and the consumer confidence and um, things like that, that, uh, that we were that we've been raised up in. You know, well, didn't they just re- old bastards at this point? Well, but didn't they just didn't they just replace taxicabs? I mean, I don't. To me, there's no different. I, I don't think there's more people taking Uber and Lyft because I think people in those days took taxis or had somebody pick them up. I don't think it changes anything, in my opinion. I, I, again, me, I'm very simple. I'm a it simple. Certainly, it, it certainly decentralizes it though. Uh, that I like. I mean, which look, I think makes which I think I, I like it too. I just think it makes it hard to measure. Okay. It's a hard to measure. I can live with that. I, I, can, I, don't, I don't know the difference. I just, to me, it's just another form of transportation. It's just another, it's another taxi cab that, you know, that, that you can take and it's typically a little bit less expensive and, you know, you get them on demand, you know, because if you've ever tried to get a taxi cab in New York, you could die. But, you know. But I think if we're talking about confidence, you know, that's, that's a measure of somebody's, 
if I'm, you know, I'm Mike Brown, I'm in Chicago. I want to, I could be there before I could go apply to a taxi company and work for somebody else where I'm getting, you know, now you're, yeah, you're working for Uber kind of same thing, but I, but I, I have more ownership. I have more autonomy, um, with all of that. Um, it's just very different. That's why I think, you know, a lot of these measures and things, I, the, the world is, is going through such a disruption on how we interact with each other, you know, through our connectivity. And did you happen to catch any of the Elon Musk, Joe Rogan podcast? I did not, but I saw the big picture of them smoking a big, big uh, cigar full of weed. <laughs> Oh, uh, yeah, he took one dope off of it, I think. It was, uh, and it's legal in California, right? No hey! Cares. Yeah, they make a big deal about that. But one of the things I found interesting, and I didn't watch the whole thing, full disclosure there, but um, I intend to, but I, it's, it's a couple hours long, um, was he talked about, you know, they're talking about AI and the integration of us and, and cyborgs and things like that. And if you think about it, I mean, we're interfaced right now all day long, we're interfaced with our phones. It was a great point that he made that, you know, it's already happening. You know, we're to a certain extent, you are somewhat of a cyborg because you are interfaced into the web, plugged into the web with your phone. Now that interface is, is slow by computer standards and, you know, somewhat sloppy. In fact, you know, you could say we went from, in fact, he did made the point that, you know, we went from being interfaced on the computer when we were using 10 digits at the time to now we're using just our thumbs. So, you know, in some ways it slowed it. And, you know, they're talking about as you go forward, you know, where maybe it's plugged right into your brain as opposed to having to use your fingers. Yeah, it was very interesting. So my, my point and kind of a rambling one is that we are, it's such a disruptive time um, that hasn't happened, you know, at least since maybe the industrial age. Right, that, that it's it's. I, well, it'll be interesting to see, and we won't know until after. Well, it hasn't happened for you at know, least twenty years because of the internet, the internet age. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's it was, been happening, right? right it's I just mean, picking up speed. We just get more and more connected. Who would have thought that Mike Brown would be carrying a, a phone in his pocket that could have launched the first Apollo rocket? That 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 computer <laughs> took about five rooms to put it in, right? I mean, I, I, I get it. <laughs> But the- a friend of mine runs a small town water department and a uh, guy you know, didn't go to college. Um, and we're going to a ball game this summer and he's showing me how he, he controls everything to do with that water department with the water for this town of, you know, 3000 people, um, all on his phone, the salinization, uh, you know, how much iron's in there or whatever. Um, where any, you know, how that is all done. He's doing that all from his iPhone. Or his galaxy, I don't remember which one it was. But no, no, right. he's doing all of that from his fault. Doing it from the beach, you know? right? Um, <laughs> yeah, exactly. So it's, it's uh, you know, how much different, I don't know. Do you remember what, what, I think we probably dealt with blackberries on our, uh, during the last crash. It'll be interesting to see what we have in our hands on this on this next one. Uh, I'm sure it'll be something powerful as you're watching these new phones come out. But I did want to ask you uh, about gold. Okay, uh, you know, gold has been stuck in, in, in nowhere. And I don't want to make a prediction on gold, but I wanted to ask you, the relationship between the S&P and gold is far out of whack. The, 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 the separation between the two is about the farthest it's ever been in history. Do you look for that to possibly continue? Do you think that should come in? Are you a fan of gold at all? Do you use any gold? Um, we have bought some gold. Um, 
and unsuccessfully so far. Uh, it's, it, throughout history, it's always worked when there's been a crash, right? So until it doesn't, um, I think it's a good idea to own some. Uh, but it, you know, I'm not a huge fan. I think it's, it's something you use as a hedge. Um, I don't believe I, 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 I and I think it's just a hard asset. You'll, if you ever people who you know, are regular listeners, I, I always bash people who come on and say it's a hedge. Not bash you. I'm just saying that it, to me, it's a hard <laughs> no, asset. Okay, it, it. it's a hard asset. That's all. Then it, it, it doesn't ever protect anything. I mean, you know, when the, whenever the, when the world is collapsing, it, the only thing that protects you is, is my hedging program. But that, but that's besides the point. Uh, there is no real. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, that, that's actually a fact. That that's a mathematical fact. I can prove. No, it. no, I. But no, no, I, I'm not disagreeing with you. But you, you know, gold is a hard asset. I think it's a good asset to own, but I wouldn't, I would not buy it to protect my portfolio. I think that's a mistake, and I think people, many often. Well, I think it, when I say a hedge, I think that there there have been times, obviously, throughout history when maybe not an out and out crash, but when when things are people fly to to safety to safe havens, what they view as safe havens, which are hard assets. The most safe so haven is an asset that hopefully is appreciating while other things are going down, and then you rebalance it later on, and you end up winning. The most safe haven is being involved with Mike Brown from National Securities because he'll just keep you uh, keep you alive and explain to you what's happening in the markets, and you'll always be in good shape. Mike, as always, I thank you so much for coming on, man. Oh, thank you, Bubba. Always, always good to, to chat with you. And that was our good friend, Mike Brown from uh, National Securities. And of course, this is the Bubba Show, Todd Bubba Horowitz. Don't forget to download the show each and every day at libertytalk.fm. You can get the Bubba Show as well as the Sporting Edge. And that'll do it for today. We'll see you back here tomorrow on Wednesday. Same time, same station. This is the Bubba Show, Todd Bubba Horowitz. Have a great day, everybody. Thanks so much. We'll see you later. 